Middle East on the brink, North Korea on the brink, Iran increasing its aggression, elections in Taiwan. Look, there's a lot of global instability as we ourselves plunge into primary season. How have you sheltered your savings and investments from potential major setbacks to the economy? You think it can happen here? It can happen here, but it's not too late to diversify an old IRA or 401k into gold. And Birch Gold Group can help you with that. Birch Gold is the only gold company I trust. As opposed to many other investments, Gold thrives in times of uncertainty. It is an important part of diversifying your savings. Now listen, here's how Birch Gold can help make it a part of yours. Birch Gold will help you convert an existing IRA or 401k into a tax-sheltered IRA in gold. And it doesn't cost you a penny out of pocket. You want to learn more? Just text SAVAGE to 989898 for a free info kit. S-A-V-A-G-E, text it to 989898 and you get a free info kit. It costs you nothing. Just text SAVAGE to 989898. With an A-plus rating with the Better Business Bureau, countless five-star reviews, and thousands of happy customers, I encourage you to arm yourself with the knowledge of diversification through precious metals. Protect yourself. Text SAVAGE to 989898 and claim your free info kit. Protect your savings with gold. Do it now. Text SAVAGE to 989-898. Thank you very much. Birch Gold is the only gold company I trust. Text SAVAGE to 989-898. Warning, the Savage Nation contains adult language, adult content, psychological nudity. Listener discretion is advised. The Westwood One Podcast Network presents The Savage Nation. It's savage, uncut, unfiltered, and raw. Home of borders, language, culture, and here he is, New York Times best-selling author and National Radio Hall of Fame inductee, Michael Savage. I am the Lord your God who has taken you out of the land of Egypt from the house of slavery. Two, you shall have no other gods but me. Three, you shall not take the name of your Lord in vain. Four, you shall remember and keep the Sabbath day holy. Five, Honor your father and mother. 6. You shall not kill. 7. You shall not commit adultery. 8. You shall not steal. 9. You shall not bear false witness against your neighbor. 10. You shall not covet your neighbor's goods. You shall not covet your neighbor's house. You shall not covet your neighbor's wife, nor his manservant, nor his maidservant, nor anything that is your neighbor's. This is the Savage Nation. Now, today I am reading you the Ten Commandments for a reason. And it goes back to yesterday's D-Day ceremony. I sat for three hours and watched C-SPAN without interruption by Lilliputians in skirts or pants selling us goods. And I particularly was moved by the old men, the 9,500-year-old men who had fought on the beaches of Normandy and were still alive, some of whom were wounded, almost killed, and here they are still with us. And as I looked at the faces, I started to ask myself, what sustains a man in such a situation? How can a man climb a cliff going through fire and hails of bullets? What makes him go up that hill? And I realized something that no one mentioned yesterday. And I would bet my house on this. I'll bet that every man that was sitting there in those chairs at the D-Day ceremony in the front row, the survivors of that D-Day, every one of them. Every last one of them all believed in God. Every one of them was raised 
on the Bible, and they were sustained by their faith as they walked through the gates of hell. And I was thinking about the power of prayer and the power of belief in God and what happens to a person or a nation when they turn from God. You don't have to look any further than San Francisco, the most godless city in the world. Do I have to exemplify for you what has happened here as a result of the city turning from God, celebrating the fact that they spit in God's face? Have they not punished themselves with turning from God? But I don't want to harbor on the, on the, on the negative here. I want to stick to the positive for a few more minutes. Why am I suddenly giving you this God stuff today? Why today? Well, again, going back to D-Day, those men, those 100-year-old men, I asked myself, what sustained them through the gates of hell? What has kept them alive this long? How did they struggle with their ailments and their fears all these years? And I realized it was their faith. And then I realized something else. This weekend marks a very, very significant holiday in the Jewish calendar and the Christian calendar, and in fact, the calendar of mankind. It marks a holiday called Shavuot, which means weeks. Shavuot just means the weeks. And what it is is a major festival that celebrates an event that is so significant that without it, the world would be a different place. You see, on this day, 3,331 years ago, the entire Jewish nation stood at the foot of Mount Sinai and the Torah or the commandments, the Ten Commandments, were given from God to Moses. In other words, the Torah went from heaven to earth on that day. So what does Torah mean? The Nazis say, oh, you read the Torah, the Jews read the Torah. They don't even know what it means. Most of the ignoramuses don't even know what Torah means. It's the foundation of the Christian Bible. And what was the meaning of that? The Ten Commandments and the Torah was the first document that recognized the worth of ordinary people who were not kings or bullies. It championed human rights, public education, environmental responsibility, medical ethics, freedom of information, feminism, social action. action. The entire concept of real progress, not communist progress, and hope for the future are enshrined in the Ten Commandments. No other teaching has had a comparable impact on the thinking of the world. And much of what the Torah teaches us remains actually revolutionary, even in modern times, especially revolutionary in these modern times. So who was the manufacturer who produced the world? God. Shall I put it another way? The same manufacturer who produced the world gave us instructions for what to do with it. Our sages, the Jewish sages, say that the Torah is the blueprint for which the whole world was designed. What does that actually mean? All it means when you say Torah to the Nazis out there, it means the five books of Moses, written down over a period of 40 years by Moses while he and his people roamed the Sinai Desert. It includes all the 24 books of the Bible. Torah includes the oral traditions, writings, and sayings of all the sages of the Torah through the generations, etc., And so what happens on Shavuot is the Jewish people celebrate the reading of the Ten Commandments, which I just did for you. Why did I do it for you? Because I was, again, thinking about D-Day. I was moved deeply by the old men, all the old white men, by the way, who were sitting there. Oh, I'm sorry to say. Shall I be ashamed to tell you? 
I was moved by those men. Some of them were as hard as I am. The guys are 100 years old. Some of them look 65. I don't even know how. And some of them were so gravely wounded. So the D-Day survivors in that front row all believed in God, I can guarantee you. All raised on the Bible. Every last one of them went to church as a kid. Every one of them was in a schoolhouse that had the Ten Commandments on the wall of the public school. Every last one of them walked through a downtown in a small town in America where they saw the Ten Commandments on a monument before it was torn down by the vermin of our society. The filth in our society. Pure evil in our society, tearing society down by tearing down the cornerstone of our entire civilization. And so, as I say to you, this weekend marks the date God gave the Ten Commandments to Moses and to the Jewish people on Mount Sinai 3,331 years ago. And these teachings changed the world. And we, we heard the teachings at the beginning of this program. I am the Lord your God brought you out of the land of Egypt. Now, why would that be the first commandment? Why would God remind you that the Jews were slaves and he freed them from bondage? Why? So we don't put ourselves back into bondage. Does that resonate with you, those of you who are into S&M, for example? What is your bondage in this society? I am the Lord your God who brought you out of the land of Egypt. Now, is freedom celebrated in that? You betcha. It's all about freedom. And yet here we have a free society celebrating bondage. Bondage to pornography, bondage to drugs, bondage to entertainment, bondage to the maiming of success, bondage to money, bondage to this, bondage to that. We're slaves. And what is the next commandment? You shall have no other gods before me because, see, the God that I know is a jealous God. Now, maybe you think God's a nice guy. I don't. I think he's a really angry God right now and really jealous. He goes further, by the way, in the Ten Commandments that you may not have seen in your Bible. Number two says, you shall have no other gods before me. Everyone's seen that. It says, you shall not make for yourself a graven image. The Muslims believe in that. That's why they destroy every piece of art and artifact that they come upon uh, when they take this literally, which is not what it's meant to be. You shall not bow down to them. In other words, if you make a golden calf and you bow down to the golden calf and you worship this idol, like the Oscar, for example, or any other award. And it's okay to receive the award, but not to worship the award. You understand that? You're not supposed to worship the Oscars, as the TV uh, shows would have us do. You're not supposed to serve the Oscars. Why? Because the Bible says, for I am the Lord, I am your God, a jealous God. Now listen to the rest of number two of the Ten Commandments. If I haven't lost you already and you're on to Mueller and Trump. Maybe you just want to hear about Mueller and Trump and the dossier. Well, you, you tuned into the wrong show. Let me read you the second commandment in its entirety. For I, the Lord your God, am a jealous God, visiting the iniquity of the fathers upon the children of the third and fourth generation of them that hate me, and showing mercy unto the thousandth generation of them that love me and keep my commandments. The third commandment is very clear as well. You shall not take the name of the Lord your God in vain, for the Lord will not hold him guiltless that takes his name in vain. In other words, don't curse God, period. Four, remember the Sabbath day. Now, what does that really mean? You labor for six days, and the seventh day is a Sabbath, period. But it also says, it was the first encoded religion to say that not only shall you not work on a Sabbath, but your son, your daughter, your manservant, your maidservant, your cattle, and your stranger are supposed to be given a Sabbath day as well. It was not heard of before then. Before then, mankind worked his 
uh, slaves, worked as servants, worked as animals seven days a week. And so these teachings gave us the Sabbath. Why? We're reminded in six days, the Lord made heaven and earth, the sea and all that is in them, and he rested on the seventh day. And then God blessed the Sabbath day and hallowed it. So you're supposed to bless the Sabbath day by going golfing, for example. That's what you're supposed to do on the Sabbath day. You're supposed to go onto a golf course. Number five is a tough one for many of us. Honor thy father and thy mother so that your days may be long upon the land which the Lord your God gives you. Now, you know, it says you you shall not kill. It's not true. The, The Hebrew word is not kill. It's murder. It's much different than kill. Did you know that? Clint knows it. He's a scholar of the Bible. Number six commandment, it says, you shall not murder. It doesn't say you shall not, thou shalt not kill. Why does it say you shall not murder instead of you shall not kill? Because it gives you the power to kill in self-defense, to kill in a time of war if you're in a just war. By the way, murder is different than kill. Very important. Words are very important. In fact, words are that which upon the entire world spins. And that is why when people take words and twist them, as the left is so well to, can do so well, they can twist the entire society into a perverse, degenerate, lost society. A lost society. You shall not murder. You shall not commit adultery. You shall not steal. You shall not bear false witness against your neighbor. And you shall not covet. You know, number nine struck me very deeply during the Kavanaugh hearings. Every one of them bore false witness against Kavanaugh. Feinstein, false witness. That moron who's running for the presidency, who's now fallen into 100th place. That idiot from San Francisco, false witness. Every one of them bore false witness in front of the world to see, and they've yet to be punished by God or by nature. By God or by nature, nothing happens to them. That's why most of us continue to violate all of the teachings of our fathers. Why? Because there's no punishment. We see the evil get richer, the evil rise higher, and there is no punishment is what we see. And we say, why should we follow these laws when we see people like them getting away with virtual violation of human rights and human dignity, as they did to Kavanaugh? And I should throw in as they've done to Trump for two years. Nothing has happened to any of the false accusers. Nothing. I'm going to pause right now. And I'm not going to apologize for being too preachy today, as I normally would do after giving you a Sermon on the Mount. In fact, I'm going to say thank God for giving me the ability to have taught you today, just as a vehicle, taught you today what the significance of this weekend is to the world. Savage. So we're living in a time, I let you say shameless in Gaza, if you want to put it to you that way, or eyeless in Gaza. I want to put it that way. We're living and we're being led by the blind. And yet there are still people amongst us, Christians and Jews, particularly in this country, especially Christians and Jews in this country, who still follow the teachings of the Bible. And they're mocked virtually every night by the sterling individuals who create our entertainment. And yet... There are those amongst us, and I know many of you who listen to the show are very religious people, or religious, or moderately religious, or you don't really practice, but you believe in, in that stuff. You like those who go to church, but you don't go yourself. You respect those who support the church, but you don't support it yourself. That's okay. That's your problem, not mine. And yet there are those who do the right thing all the time. 
No one's watching them. Why do they do the right thing? If nobody can see what they do in the privacy of their own home, why do they still follow a wholesome life? Why? Because they actually believe that God is watching everything that they do, that there's a videotape or a recording of their life from birth to death, one long recording, which to us seems 70 years, 75 years, 80 years, 100 years. It seems like an eternity. But to the eternal, it's one one millisecond. One simple chip records the whole life. And so the Torah says, Accursed is the man who will make a graven or molten image, a, an abomination of God, a, craftsman, a craftsman's handiwork, and set it up in secret. What do you mean in secret? He transgresses in secret, but God sees it, correct? And what does that mean? It means that according to the ethics of our fathers, there is an eye that sees, an ear that hears, and all your actions are written in the book. What does that mean? One day, on Judgment Day, even if you live in San Francisco, we will all stand before the Almighty on the Day of Judgment. And what does it mean? It means the Almighty will judge us. And the Almighty will put up a big screen for us to watch. And on this screen will not be the good you did, but all the sins that you have committed in private. Can you imagine that? Can you imagine if this hocus, this baloney is true? What if it's true that on the day you die and you stand before God in judgment, God runs a movie of every sin you have committed, not the good you did, not the money you gave to the ACLU, but every sin you committed in secret is run for you. What will happen? Tell me what will happen. You could be the richest man in New York with the biggest yacht. He will play the tape of what you did in secret. Savage. I'm, in, I'm just in another world today because I can feel the presence of God. And when I feel the presence of God this strongly, that's the only thing I can talk about. Now, on a funny note, someone put this up on my Twitter feed when I posted this thing today about the holiday where we mark the time that God gave the Ten Commandments to Moses and then to the Jewish people, which is the foundation of Judaism and Christianity. Uh, and by the way, it's also the foundation of Islam. And the early Muslims acknowledged that even uh, the prophet Muhammad himself acknowledged, acknowledged that the Jewish people were the holy people and that he was just another prophet. He said he was the final prophet, but he did never said the Jewish people didn't exist. He built upon it in his mind. He never, never rejected Jewish people like the psychos in the um, Wahhabi sect do today. So that's the Ten Commandments. You want me to stop or go on? You know what I'm actually thinking of doing is doubling down. I'm actually thinking of doubling down and not doing the news today. In fact, I'm going to double down. I may propose a Sunday show on religion on the radio stations that I'm on and maybe others. I may actually propose it to the corporation because the the weekend comes. To me, I'm not a guy who knows how to I, – I, I go a little here, a little there, but just to get drunk on the weekend or go out on the boat, it's nice. But is that enough? Doesn't the, doesn't the mind or the spirit of the human being demand more? I don't know. I don't know how you feel about this. Maybe you want to just not even talk about it. You want to hear about Hillary or something else. But as I say, this holiday that I'm talking about, which celebrates 
the day the Ten Commandments was given by God to the Jewish people via Moses on Mount Sinai, what it really means is how it, how it unites the physical and spiritual selves. That's the whole point. It's about the uniting of the physical and the spiritual in mankind. Do you understand what I'm saying? We live in such a materialistic, physical world. When is the spiritual ever ever talked about? Another guy showing off his car. Another girl stripping off her brassiere, saying, whoops, it fell off. Another moron showing her abs. Wonderful. Great to have a great body and great abs. That's the physical. When has she last talked about the spiritual? Never. And the more you look upon these images of the girl with the great abs or the idiot whose top fell off on Sunset Boulevard, the more they wave that in front of your eyes, all the Molochs of the media, the less your spirit lives, your spirit starts to die. So why am I telling you all of this? Who am I to tell you anything? Am I better than you? Absolutely not. I'm probably worse than a lot of you. I'm probably less complete than a lot of you. I'm probably not as pure as a lot of you who listen to this show. But it does not mean that I don't know the teachings. And it does not mean that God has not given me this radio show for a reason. And if you think the reason is to sit here and glorify uh, one political party over the other, it may be part of the reason because one side is closer to God than the others. In fact, I once did a whole show on how virtually every commandment is a violation of what the Democrats believe in. Virtually every commandment. You want me to make it political? I can do that. Because I'll tell you right now as I sit here, God, if he were alive today, would be not only a, a, a Republican conservative, he'd be a super right winger. God would be a super right winger is who he would be. The Democrats don't believe in any of these commandments. Okay, number one, thou shalt have no other gods before me. You believe the Democrats believe in that? No. Thou shalt not make unto thee a graven image? No. Thou shalt not take the Lord's name in vain? No. Sabbath day, keep it holy? No. Honor thy father and thy mother? No. You shall not kill? No. They want to kill you. They want to kill their enemies. Thou shalt not commit adultery? Are you joking? They glorify it. Thou shalt not steal? Well, some probably don't steal. They all bear false witness. Look what they did to Trump. Look what they continue to do to Trump. Calling him a Nazi, a fascist, an anti-Semite when his own grandchildren are Jewish. If that's not insanity and false witness, what is? Thou shalt not covet thy neighbor's house, wife, or possessions. Well, I would say that the conservatives are closer to these teachings than the liberals are, which is why so many conservatives are very religious or so many religious people are conservative rather than liberal. This is not to say that there are not good liberals who are followers of the Ten Commandments. I'm sure there are many of them. I've met them, but they're confused because they do not understand where the left wing is taking this country today. And that's my opinion. That's how to make this a little political. Now, I've said my piece. Would you like me to stop and go on to another topic? Or would you like me to stay on this topic? I need to hear from you immediately. And I will give out a free copy of the few people who get on the show of A Savage Life, which will be out for Father's Day. It's a very interesting book. And I, I, I'm not going to write an autobiography. This is it. That's why I had the publisher do it, of all the stories of my journey from poor immigrant son in New York City to the person I am today. Uh, of the dead man's pants, etc. My botanical expeditions to Fiji in the 70s. My unexpected rise as a national media figure and things of that nature. It's all in this book and there's no point writing another one. I've done it already. So the only thing left for me to do is to uh, possibly do one more book for the election. That's about it. That'll be my last political book. And then maybe I will publish 
my journals of the travels in the South Pacific for whatever reason that uh, may have. I don't know if it has any meaning or whatnot. The ethnobotanical years were very interesting, very hard, hard and grinding, but I didn't know why I was doing it. I was driven to do it. Why would God have sent me a kid from New York? Why didn't he tell me to go by slum buildings in Harlem? Think of what I could have done. I want you to think about my background in New York City and the people I grew up with. They were all materialistic. They were nice people, but they were all small business people, mainly immigrants. They were struggling to make a living. Many people from my background became super wealthy because instead of running off to the islands of the South Pacific to find medicinal plants to save the world, what did they do? They bought slum housing in Harlem. Then they hired Russian thugs to beat up the tenants and throw them in the gutter so they could gut the building and resell it. I didn't want anything to do with it. There was always something else in me. I went to Israel in 1977 or 78. What did I do? I was taken to a place up on the Golan Heights called Svat, S-V-A-T, a very holy place. Historically very important place. It was The land was cheap as sin. And there were beautiful old stone buildings up in Svat. And they were told, uh, people said, why don't you buy one up here? They're only $14,000. I knew I could have bought one in a number of years, made a fortune on it. I didn't buy it. Once I was living in Hawaii, and I walked in the back of a creek in a valley. There are still valleys in Hawaii, by the way. You can get lost, and you can die in a valley in Hawaii. You wouldn't even know it. Right on the island of Oahu, Waikiki Island. Waikiki is on the island. You go back in those forests. You go there alone. You can turn the wrong way and get lost there and die. Wild boars prevail, etc. But So I was walking in the back of a valley. I came upon a fast-running clear creek stream. And I looked down in the water, and in this water there was a petroglyph, which I knew was an artifact from the ancient Hawaiian people. I picked it up, I looked at it, I knew it was valuable, I knew it was a museum piece. I put it back exactly where I found it. Why? Because I'm better than you. No, that's not the moral of the story. Because I actually believe to this day that when you do certain things on this earth that are wrong, somehow it has a blowback on you. Now, I will tell you right now that recently I have turned away from these beliefs, for, for various reasons, I've been in, heading in the wrong direction. Things have happened to me. Things were done to me. I didn't understand why God has forsaken, had forsaken me through the hands of others. And then I realized it was not God. It's just things happen in life. They have nothing to do with God. Man has tremendous power over the, other men. There are evil forces on this earth that you can't imagine. And some of the people who call themselves great Americans or tell you they're cleaner than you are, better than you are, that they practice the American way, are some of the most evil louts the world has ever seen. Which is why so many young people don't believe in conservatism and don't believe in anything except what they believe in because they realize everyone's a liar and everyone's full of crap. They don't believe in anything because they realize at the end of the day it's all about greed and ambition. And it doesn't mean that they're better than you just because they say they are. And so if you start to dwell upon these things, you start to lose faith in life than faith in God. And then at a certain point, you realize you cannot live in a faithless world. You cannot do it. If you are a man who has been connected to God for so long, you cannot turn from him. You do, you wait until you see what happens to you. You turn from God, things that you didn't know existed and you will start to appear to, uh, on the surface, whether it be pains that you suppressed or weaknesses that you suppressed. They will come to the surface. And again, this goes back to yesterday's D-Day ceremony. The hundred-year-old men sitting in the front, 
The men, some of whom had had their legs shut out from under them. Men who were drowning in their own bodily fluids, who were drowning in the waters. Men who were hit with flamethrowers and bullets continued to climb up that cliff. What drove them? The same thing that drives our men in the front lines of the war against evil today. The very same thing that drives our warriors today drove those old men yesterday. I will tell you right now as I stand here, because I've met them, the hardest and the best of them are absolute God-fearing. That's why they do it. They do it only for God. They don't do it for the glory. They don't do it to be in a movie. They don't do it to get on a TV show. They do it for God and then for their men and then for the countrymen in that order. The God and the God, they do it for God. That's the driver. Then they do it for their fellows in arms. That's what drives them. And yet we have, we have had, unfortunately, under Obama, uh, an attempt to, to trample out God in the military and everywhere else. Truthfully, thank God under Trump, God is living again in the military. Did you know that? I pray that I will see the day that we see the Ten Commandments back on the walls of our schools. Savage. On this weekend, exactly 3,331 years ago, and it's a holiday called Shavuot, I should also add, it's very important to add, that the Christian Holy Day of Pentecost is also celebrated this Sunday, on the seventh Sunday after Easter, and what Pentecost means is 50 days, uh, and it's a Christian festival, as I said, that celebrates the descent of the Holy Spirit on the disciples of Jesus after his ascension, which again is also held on the seventh Sunday after Easter, which is also the Jewish festival of Shavuot, which is why when we say... America was founded on the Judeo-Christian principles. You understand the sync, the sync between the two religions. You understand what I'm saying? Why do you think people say Judeo-Christian, Judeo-Christian values? They're not just saying it actually has a meaning. The two religions are deeply intertwined. Christianity evolved from Judaism without going into more details and arguing with you about Jesus. I don't want to do that. But the same is true of Islam in its, in its origins. Unfortunately, Islam has been perverted in Saudi Arabia, by the way, with a, a Wahhabi sect that teaches to hate everyone else. Do you understand that? Islam in its, in its inception was not a hateful religion. Now, it's true that even then, as I've taught you history, there were those who copped the religion and turned it into a religion of plunder and pillage and conquest, again, violating their own religious beliefs. But I don't want to go into politics right now. I want to stick to the higher the higher element of this whole deal. Shavuot, this weekend, starts Saturday night, runs for two days, signifies 3,331 years ago, God gave the commandments to Moses on Mount Sinai, who gave it to the Jewish people. This Sunday, many religious Christians will be in church this Sunday, celebrating Pentecost, the exact same holiday, celebrating the descent of of the Holy Spirit into the people. Do you understand that, how it all works? I hope you do, because it was that Holy Spirit that was in the eyes and the hearts of those old men you saw at the D-Day ceremony yesterday. That's what drove them, that's what sustains them, and God bless America.
the Westwood One Podcast Network. <laughs>